On the west coast of Africa, outside the city of Lagos, you have to get there by boat, there is a beautiful beach, and it's called Lighthouse Beach. And it is spectacular. It is beautiful. You have a long, clear beach stretching for miles, palm trees on the coast all along, lining it. And then you have the southern Atlantic Ocean coming in in all its splendor. And you know, you have about maybe 50 feet from the coastline, you have these huge waves coming in. And on the outside of that, you have this beautiful, beautiful ocean, blue and crystal clear. However, as you get to it, you can see there are signs all over the place. Danger, danger, danger. It is an, every year people drown trying to swim there. It is such a dangerous place to swim, even though it looks spectacular. Even like the, the, the beach going down into it is a very steep incline, very, very steep. And even if you're standing knee-deep, when the, when the breakers come in, they can be 10 feet or more, they're huge. And then the back current, it would, it would take all your strength to stay standing. You could be dragged back in very easily, very easily. So um, people go there and they look, but you can't swim there because it is so dangerous. And I've been there many times, and what amazes me is that there's, there's a, a village, a nomadic village of fisher, fishing community that they go up and down the west coast of Africa and they are fishermen, nomadic fishermen, up and down. And their kids are in the water. And some of them are only this size. And it is amazing to watch them. They're able to, they're brought up with this. It's in their DNA for centuries, for generations. They're able to, you could say, ride the waves. They're able to know when to ride the wave. And then they come off the wave just at the right time. And you can see them and running out of the wave and up onto the, like they're hitting the ground at the right place and they're able to run out very, it's like as if they're walking on water. And that's a very beautiful symbol for, for, for the gospel of today, walking on water. And that's what Jesus wants us to learn to do. He wants us to be able to walk on water, to walk on anything destructive in our life that is bringing us turmoil, that is bringing us fear, that is bringing us anxiety. That is why this is a lesson in how to walk on water. And it's something everybody needs to learn. The gospel begins with Jesus going away to a quiet place by himself. So last week's gospel, this is a continuation of it. <clears throat> Jesus fed the people in, in the wilderness. And at the end of one of the gospels, he said, they wanted to make him king. Now last week we had the temptation of the bread. Man does not live on bread alone. And this week we have the temptation, you can have all the kingdoms of the world if you bow down and worship me. Now it is important we remember that a temptation is not a temptation unless it is something you actually desire. And something that Jesus actually did desire was perhaps to rule the world as a king. And this is something that he was tempted to do. It's important we remember that. He was tempted by this. 
because he had crowds of people uh, giving him great adulation and great praise and wanting them to be their like political messiah. But Jesus goes away to a quiet place so that it can be with his father. And when he enters into that intimate relationship between the father and the son, he is then able to discern the type of kingdom that God wants. It's not a kingdom of domination or popularity. It's a kingdom of service, of peace, forgiveness, and kindness. Um, a peace, a, sir, uh, not one of domination, but one of empowerment and liberation. So that is where Jesus is at that time. And he's able to ride the wave, walk on the water of the wave that was coming at him of popularity because of his intimate relationship with the Father. And at the same time, the disciples are in a boat. And this, uh, the disciples in a boat is a symbol of the early church. And they're in a boat and the waves are coming at them. Now, obviously we know in the early church, these were the waves of great persecution. And if you have ever been a boat during a storm, you know that you never know which wave is going to take you. But you're looking at them one after the other and they're all different and it can be very scary indeed. So they're in this boat. Now it is interesting, this is an important point. They're in great difficulty. They're terrified, they're afraid. They're on the verge of death. And it appears to them that God and Jesus is not with them. A lot of people can have that experience when waves are coming at them in their own lives as well. And when he did appear, uh, they thought it was a ghost. Because it is very difficult to recognize the presence of Christ in our lives when we are being threatened by huge waves. And Jesus goes on to say something very profound. Also, he comes to them at the time of the morning when God separated the water for the people of Israel to leave slavery and go into the promised land. So it was an exodus. And this is an exodus. It's an exodus from our lives being defined by fear rather than our lives being defined by God's unconditional love for us. God wants us to set us free from this. He wants us to have courage. And if he says to them, it is I. I can't remember the exact phrase, but it is I, he says. Well, let me see it again. Courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Isn't that it? Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. It is I is the same words as when Moses was in front of the burning bush and said, who are you? I am who am. So this is Jesus saying, I am. This is God in your midst. Take courage, do not be afraid. And that is what Jesus does. He says to them, take courage, do not be afraid. I am. It is interesting that the I am of God is not to be found in the boat but in the waves of destruction. There is a presence 
in everything that is so destructive of us. There is a deeper presence than the presence of destruction, and that is the presence of God, the presence of peace in the midst of fear, the presence of love, the presence of healing, the presence of life. So that is something important for us to remember. I am is in the waves, even though they are destructive. So when Peter sees this, he said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you to walk under water. And Jesus says, come. Peter got it. Peter got that Jesus, the Son of God, was in an intimate, powerful relationship with his Father. And because of this, he could walk under water. And Peter saw this and got it, got the message, and then began to walk towards him. He was doing fine until he turns his eyes to the winds and the waves. And then he began to sink. So whatever we focus on in our life will define us. If we focus on the wind and the waves, then that fear is going to define us completely. And what Jesus is inviting us to do is to focus on the incredible love that God has for each one of us. The same relationship that Jesus had with the Father, that is what he's saying to come, come into, have the same relationship with the Father that I have. And that's a beautiful invitation. And when we accept that invitation, we are able to walk underwater. We're able to walk on the waves and winds of destruction that will visit us in our lives. It is interesting that Peter returns to the boat enabled to try again. It is something that you have to learn how to walk on water. But while he is recovering from being distracted by the wind and the waves, it is the Christian community that sustains him. Just as Thomas was sustained by the Christian community until he was able to see the Lord himself. So no one can do it alone. We are sustained by a community of faith as we journey through life. But ultimately, the Lord is inviting us to learn how to walk on the water just as he walked on the water and he invited Peter to do the same. And that is what he wants us to be fined by, by our relationship <clears throat> with God and not by the wind and the waves.